This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, that was a game. Florida State 31, Miami 28. Uh, You know, your typical close Miami Hurricanes, FSU Seminoles type of game. Uh, from a Miami standpoint, definitely a disappointing, sloppy affair. Um, I mean, I think we can do a little bit of breaking down the game, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think for the most part, I just want to have big picture discussions on, on what this loss means for the Manny Diaz era. But I think if we're going to start with like breaking down the game to me, Gabby, it boils down to two quarters. The first quarter, you know, coming into this game, right? This, this three game winning streak Miami was riding. The hurricanes had done a good job of quote unquote, starting fast, you know, scoring on their opening possessions of each one of those games. And then they really did win the fourth quarters of those three games as well with the defense kind of locking things down. They only allowed one fourth quarter touchdown in those three games. Um, And so, you know, that's what uh, complimentary football looks like. That's what well-coached teams do, right? Start fast, finish strong. First and fourth quarters. Um, First quarter for Miami was a disaster. Uh, FSU jumped on them 14-0. I believe Miami had eight penalties, if I have that correct, after the first quarter. Yeah. I believe, was it two turnovers or three? Were all three turnovers? Three. All okay. three in the first. So at that point, honestly, you're fortunate to only be down 14 to zero at the end of the first when, when that's going on. Um, but that's the hole Miami dug themselves in. Uh, so let's just start there. First quarter. To me, Gabby, you know, I think going into this game, and we saw this as the game progressed, right? Once Miami got settled into the game and you know you got to see some of their talent spread their wings Miami was the more talented team right like Florida State this Florida State team is very limited um but they dug themselves in a 14 to 0 hole to me that's coaching I think Florida State honestly came out with a better game plan and execution of that game plan in the first quarter and then in addition to that Miami made things easy for them with their penalty yardage those hidden yards that they just gave florida state in addition to three turnovers so to me that's coaching and going into this game you know i think you agreed with this gabby we both felt like miami had the better roster than florida state which they do i still believe that uh but i think you and i both agreed like mike norvell specifically can scheme scheme some things up and uh you know, cause some problems there. And at the end of the day, I think Florida state won this game because they had the better coaching staff. And I think we saw that in the first quarter in particular. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a rivalry game. It's a game you sort of show up and play. Like, I don't know. I feel like there shouldn't be, you know, in, in games like this, you, you shouldn't come out as sort of flat as they did. Um, I mean, there's no real explanation for it. Again, I think once they settled down, they're fine, right? Like once they weren't giving the ball away and all that stuff, but you need to start these games off better. It felt very Virginia-esque, very North Carolina-esque in terms of just just like really just not coming out and playing the way you need to do. I, I think that's on also coaching. Felt, yeah. Also felt Alabama-esque. Uh, also yeah. felt North Carolina yeah, exactly. 2020. Also yep. felt Oklahoma State bowl game. Yeah. Also felt, felt like, Clemson 2020. No, I mean, and how many times the, we need to the see Miami, this? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like it's just a part of who Miami is at this point. And to see it sort of happen in a game like this when you sort of hadn't really been seeing it, um, I guess against Georgia Tech, there were signs. I mean, three first half turnovers in that game too, like six first half turnovers in the last two games um, sort of came out of nowhere. But I mean, it just really just disappointing, just really how they came out. And then, uh, so, you know, Miami scratches and claws their way back into yeah. it. Um, Tyler Van Dyke also had a rough start in the first quarter, but he eventually kind of worked his way back into the game. Little by little, Miami scores uh, a go-ahead touchdown, I think, just to start the fourth quarter, right? Um, Then they get another touchdown, go up 28 to 20. And uh, so then it's time for the defense to close things out, right? Finish strong. And... um, in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter, let's just start with the decision to punt it on fourth and one. I didn't have an issue with that. Did you? Like, I did, at, at, the, at, the, at the time, no. At the time, I didn't. I thought the defense was playing well. I didn't think that they were going to drive all the way down the field like that with two minutes left, with how they have to run the ball or had typically had, had needing to run the ball like that to move the ball. I figured they would just run out of time and just have to force something up. It did frustrate me that. They were not able to down that punt at the one yeah. or two yard line, though. I I wish one of those gunners or one of those guys running down there was coached up to run to the goal line, turn yeah. around, and be ready to field the ball there, just in case you get that type of bounce. But yeah. that's nitpicking and that's hindsight, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, anyways, FSU gets the look they want, right? I think we saw them. If I remember right, I think against Notre Dame, they ran the same look, a slot fade to Ja'Kai Douglas, uh, went for an explosive touchdown against Notre Dame in the season opener for Florida State. Uh, They got that look. Uh, Ja'Kai Douglas, who's very fast, on Cam Kitchens, who's good in coverage in his own right, but he's a safety, not going to be able to run with a short, speedy slot receiver like that. Jordan Travis put the ball on the money. Um, went for 60 yards or so, and uh, Florida State was cooking. Then Miami's defense kind of does their job, get them in a fourth and 14. So it's time to nitpick a couple things here, right? So Manny, basically the, the call was rush three, drop eight, and Florida State ended up against that look I believe they only sent three receivers out. Yeah. So it was basically three on eight. Now, Jordan did have plenty of time to throw the ball, right? Um, because they were only rushing three. Um, but you, you, 
and fourth and 14, you like Miami's chances, right? Yeah. It, it, appear, it appears to Corey Couch busted, though, right? That's my read on it. 150% to Corey Couch busted that coverage. And Andrew Parchment um, comes up with a 24 yarder, I think. Yeah, 24 yards. Down to the one. So, do you think that was the right defensive play call, or do you kind of put that more on execution? Which, because I, I don't want to play the hindsight game, like, oh, I think they should have rushed yeah. the passer. So, is the issue there execution to you, or was it the call? Should they I have mean, rushed Jordan Travis? I mean, no. I mean, I think you're, it's a clear passing situation. I mean, I thought that, I mean, you just got to make a play, man. I mean, at some point, I feel like you got to make a play. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe there was a better play call, but like, you got all these, you got, you got three guys out there. These aren't like, superstar wide receivers i mean we're talking about andrew parchment like just just make a play man like really like how do you let your guy like how do you how do you get beat like that on a fourth and 14 like that game on the line on the road like there's no i mean there's no excuse for that you got beat and it just can't that just shouldn't happen and at the end of the day well they got down to the one yard line right i know as soon as they got down to the one yard line gabby i was thinking let them score of course so you I don't, also I don't, have an issue with that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. just, just, I mean, you, you're still up. I mean, uh, at that point, again, they made it's go for two. They're going they, to they, score. Yeah. They're going to score there 150%. They're, I mean, they go for two, they get it, whatever, like worst case scenario, what you give yourself at that point, how much time you have, you have like a minute with a couple timeouts. It was about a minute. So they would have had what? 30, 25, 30 more seconds. Yeah. I mean, you have, a, you, have a, you have a minute to sort of chop the field up. I mean, worst case scenario, you're talking about lining up Andres Borgales for, I mean, I don't know. A let's say you, yeah, a long field goal. And you know what? And whatever happens there happens there, but you give yourself a chance, man. Like give your yeah. offense a chance. Like I feel and Corey like Corey flag, the middle linebacker was asked right do you guys talk about letting guys score and he just he replied shortly we don't let guys score here so i i I appreciate that mentality right yeah i do but it's not it's not winning football um so anyways okay so to me right let's take this big picture um what does this mean for Manny Diaz? I think it's going to be tough for him to return as the head coach in 2022 after this result. Um, it's just my opinion. I'm not reporting anything to people, you know, from people I talk to or anything like that. Um, it's just you're seven and five. And this is the issue right now with this program. This, you know, Kirk Herbstreet said it on college game day when he woke up President Julio Frank. Uh, by calling him out for being apathetic towards the program. This program has been seven and five for 16 years now, right? On average, you're going to be seven and five again. So I think, and I guess I'm more hoping that the fact that this Miami team will be seven and five, that's the average, that's the state of mediocrity right now. And President Frank or at least his people are engaged and kind of really studying what's going on now. They're finally looking at this thing uh, with a microscope. 
I do, I do think it's going to be hard for Manny Diaz to return, especially like cons- you just can't lose. Number one, you can't really lose to Florida State, right? That's never acceptable, right? But it's totally unacceptable when you lose to this Florida State team. This Florida State team lost to Jacksonville State. This, this Florida State team was three and six. Yeah. They're, they're not a good team. And, you know, now they have, they were already kicking your butt on the recruiting trail. Oh, yeah. Which would be, in my opinion, like, let's say Manny was seven and five, but he was killing it with the recruiting. Maybe then, I don't believe in making head coaching decisions based on recruiting. I think that's uh, small time thinking. Uh, but now that Florida State beat you straight up with a worse team, imagine what this Florida State coaching staff is going to do when they get better talent. Um, Cause that's what they're doing right now. They have a better recruiting class than you do. Um, so I don't, I guess what I'm getting at Gabby, and I, I wonder if you agree, I'll stop rambling. I just don't see how the Manny Diaz can get this trajectory of his program back on track to where it needs to be. Do you agree with that? I mean, my, my thing is just like, it's just sort of touching on what you're saying. Like if you can't beat this Florida state team, like what type of Florida state teams are you going to be able to beat in your career? Like at what point do you just sort of look at this and just be like, Again, this is a three and six Florida State team. This is not a good football team you just lost to. Like this, it's not just like, yeah, you could say the rivalry and you could say everything you want about that. Right. And this isn't whatever. your typical Miami Florida State game. No, this is they not. They should have like, won this by 10 points. I mean, on paper, Miami's clearly the better team. Like, I mean, the penalties and all that stuff. I mean, it's undisciplined football coming out in a rivalry game like this again on the road. You know, it's just it just doesn't cut it. And again, you're getting some, I mean, these guys. You could say whatever you want about their approach and how they do it and all that stuff about the recruiting and all that stuff. But I mean, they had some big time talent in the stands today for a three and six team. And, you know, those guys just watched that three and six team go and beat their in-state rival, their big time rival. I mean, if you're Manny Diaz, I mean, what, what does that look like for you? Like, again, you're Miami. You should have beaten this Florida State team. You didn't. A bad one. Again, they're only adding talent through the recruiting. They currently have the number one overall player in the country committed in Travis Hunter. There is, I mean, a chance that he's a, I guess a better chance than not that he's on, that he's on their roster next year. I mean, after today, yeah, after today, you know, he's, he's in the stands there, you know, people want to play with great players. I mean, sure. It helps Florida state that this generational talent just so happens to love the Seminoles for whatever reason it is, but it still counts, man. Those guys are still being added to your roster, no matter the type of, no matter the anomaly that it is. In recruiting, like that's the type of guy that's still going to be on that Florida State roster potentially next year. And these guys are going to get better. And they have this to sort of prove like, hey, we just beat these guys. I mean, if you can't win this, these types of games against these types of Florida State teams, what does it look like moving forward? I mean, at the end of the day, this is going to be a seven and five Miami team at best. Um, I'm not even sure what to feel about Virginia tech next week at this point. And, um, (laughs) like I I just, let's just be real. Yeah. Or Duke. I mean, at this point, like what's this team going to, what's this team going to come out and play like next week? I mean, Florida state, you know, is slightly better than Duke if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Duke gave Georgia tech uh, a run for their money and Georgia tech nearly beat Miami. So again, like, 
at the, and I feel like I've been very defensive. Uh, yeah, exactly. This it's like, what, so are, what are we going to see the next two weeks? I don't know what we're going to see the next. I two really weeks. can't believe Manny Diaz lost this game. It's I unbelievable. Really can't. It's, 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 it's inexcusable. I feel like I haven't really been this harsh about it. And I feel like I've sort of been the glass half full guy, but this is, this is, this just, these types of things just can't happen, man. And it has, it has a ripple effect. We've talked about it all week about the recruiting impact. I mean, you got your top linebacker target in the Florida state recruiting section. What does he think about this right now? I mean, you got a bunch of dudes in there, uh, even in the 2023 class that are watching this. And it's just like, wh- how do you, how do you, how do you bounce back from this? When it seems like Florida state's putting again, I'm, I'm not speaking for anyone, but it seems like they're putting a little bit more effort into recruiting. They're definitely, Putting on more they're having events. more results. They're having they're getting, more. Res- they're getting more results on the. They're getting more results. It's they a are. bottom line business. It right? is. Who it do is. you sign? Whoever, Who do however, you get? and however it is you do it. I mean, there's right. there. I mean, there's more than one way to skin a cat, or whatever the expression is. I mean, they're doing it their way. Miami's doing it their way. At the end of the day, Miami has the number sixty-one rec- ranked recruiting class. Florida State is Florida State's is much higher. Um, they just beat you on the field where there's just a mat. There just seems just with like, the worst team with the worst team, the gap. Just, I mean, you really just did them so much, so many favors right now. I'm not sure how you bounce back from this again. You don't have a boatload of talent coming in. You do have some talented guys coming in, um, but it's just different. It's a, a recruiting is all perception. At the end of the day, Florida state has a lot more to sell right now than Miami does, especially for guys you're going head to head against. So, um, this is, this is just a really, really bad loss. Here's the thing, right? I think when, when I judge, when I judge head coaches, right? The first thing I always judge them on is recruiting because in my opinion, that should be besides like setting the culture, right? Like setting the culture of your program should always be number one. Number two, in my opinion, if you're the head coach is recruiting, you need to be maniacal as a recruiter. Um, because these are the, you know, these players are essentially the ingredients you're cooking with, right? You can't make a meal with bad ingredients and it's going to be good. You have like, you have to go get players. And so that's not going well. That's not like a check in the pro section, pros and cons of the Manny Diaz era right now. Um, and then you got to look at his area of expertise, defense, that's getting worse every year that he's been the head coach here. And it just let you down on a final drive of a game. Fourth and 14, couldn't get a stop. 60-yard bomb to who exactly? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and then within that, within the defense, his area of expertise specifically in the defense is a linebacker. And Miami's linebackers, especially in the first half, got exposed by what Florida State, you know, what Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham were drawing up. Uh, FSU's running backs were getting to the edge at will. They were running downhill at will. Jordan Travis was running around doing whatever he wanted against these linebackers. The linebackers were missing tackles all over the place in the first half. It kind of cle- it got cleaned up in the second half. Um, but still, like the frustrating thing to me with linebacker play. I mean, all these linebackers are guys Miami or Manny recruited. He didn't inherit any of these players because he was also the defensive coordinator. Um, He had a hand in recruiting all of them. 
And the thing is he knew last year, like everyone knew last year, linebackers were the issue with this defense. And he refused to go to the transfer portal to fix that position group this year. And it's same. They had an, they had an option to take a person at linebacker and they chose not to, by the way. Right. So, you know, I, look, to me, this is very cut and dry. I, like you can, when, when you're evaluating head coaches, you can always find reasons to keep a guy and you can always find a reasons to get rid of a guy. But to me, at the end of the day, you need to look at it from a 10,000 foot view. And it boils down to, does the guy run a good program, right? We don't need to get in the weeds of like, oh, he's an offensive coach. Oh, he's a defensive coach. Oh, he's not a good man- game manager. Oh, he's, he's not a good recruiter, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I want a good recruiter, but I want guys that handle everything across the board because being a head coach is like being a CEO. You have to be a good recruiter. Your, your recruiting has to be on point. Your strength and conditioning has to be on point. Your player development has to be on point. Your ability to hire a good coaching staff has to be on point. Your ability to, to hold your assistant coaches accountable has to be on point. Uh, you have to have good relationships with boosters so you can get the money you need. All that type of stuff. It comes down to the program, right? Yeah. And that's part of the reason why like, you can't hire these guys that are learning on the job. Um, anymore. And to that point, if Miami does decide to move on from Andy Diaz, they also need, of course, to move on from Blake James because the guy can't go out and get a proven head coach. Everyone in the coaching community that's experienced or proven laughs at Blake James because he does things that are inexcusable as a leader of an athletic department. He's not respected. So Changes need to come. Uh, We just got to keep it real here, man. Um, This isn't good enough. This isn't acceptable. Hopefully the decision makers feel the same way. And hopefully they do what it takes to get someone in here that can run a program. We don't need a guy that can, you know, do two out of five things or three out of five things get a guy that can run a program. Anything else? Nah, man, I'm with you. You're preaching to the choir, man. (laughs) They really lost to this team today. I can't believe it. Like that's literally just rolling through my head. I'm just like, they actually lost to this Florida state team. I think is it, it's in year three, like the FIU loss is worse, right? You could, you could still almost be like, well, it's year one. Uh, You know, those lame excuses that I'm sure I said after that game, you know, you, you somewhat give coaches a pass in year one, but it's year three, man. And you lost to the work. Like this is the worst FSU loss Miami has suffered in the modern era. Like since Florida state and Miami were relevant. Right. Yeah. I think that, I think that this is the worst team to win. A that's game. what I mean. Yeah. That, 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 that's the worst team. That's won a game in this rivalry for sure. That's another good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It's like a worst Miami team. Yeah. Probably hasn't won this game. No, 
I don't oh, know. Oh, oh, that's the thing. Like a, a worse Miami team never wins this game, but it says something to me, at least that a worse Florida state team wins a game in this rivalry at this point. Again, year three, that says something to me. Brutal. So again, we just want what's best for the program. Obviously we're frustrated. This should have never been a loss, but it is what it is. Ball don't lie. And, uh, Hopefully, hopefully changes are made starting at the top because the culture stinks too everywhere inside that athletic department. And uh, hopefully the direction of the football program also has a new leadership in 2022. So wrap it up there. Miami loses 31 to 28. And uh, we will see how... Virginia Tech and Duke go. A couple more ACC nail biters, you know? One score games. Gotta love Ready it. For it. Yeah. What is it? Six, right. six straight decided by less than four or something like that? Yeah, man. You know, if Andre, if if Andy Borgalis just didn't miss that Virginia field goal, oh, they, yeah. I mean, they might be another, another game away from being in the Coastal Championship, you know? <sighs> love and it. And if, if that ball against North Carolina get didn't get tipped at the line of scrimmage and intercepted that, yeah. you know, they win that game too. And if I was six, six, I'd be in the NBA. So I'm just tired of it all. Love it. Get someone that runs a good program and gets results till next time. Take care.